Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Just to let you know, uh, we will be here tomorrow and Wednesday. We will not be here Thanksgiving Day or Friday. Aaron's not looking at me waving, so I must be correct. We are out Friday. Yeah, Black Friday. So uh, get all those uh, bargains going, and we'll talk with Josh Pick a little bit about retail and inflation and stocking store shelves and what that means for individual stocks when he joins us at 1230 today. For Money Monday, Jerome Powell named the, uh, well, at least he's Biden's nominee for the Fed second term. A lot of people thought he wouldn't get it. Um, We found the one person that Joe Biden and Donald Trump agree on, and apparently it is Jerome Powell as Fed chairman. But it is somewhat common for presidents to keep the Fed chairman from the previous president, even if the parties differ, for continuity, right? Financial markets hate change. So that is what I would assume led to Jerome Powell being renominated. I'm fine with it. Uh, I'd love for him to raise interest rates because that's the only way that I know of to cure inflation. Going back to my uh, econ classes at Ohio State, it's worked for decades pumping more money into the economy. Yeah, I know they say, oh, it's will cure inflation. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. Maybe there's some kind of new modern monetary policy that I don't know about. Uh, the one policy that I do know about is that hatred stokes the problems in our world. It stokes Dylan Roof going into a church in South Carolina and killing innocent black parishioners. It stokes whoever that was and whatever his background is in Waukesha, Wisconsin, killing children, grandmothers, and parade participants by driving over them from behind. There should be universal outrage over this universal outrage over this. There should be no finger-pointing, well, he was mad because of, or, well, of course he did it because he believes in and is loyal to. There should be none of that. This should be, if we can't agree, if we can't agree that driving a car over children and killing them is the epitome of evil, then I think my premise at the early stages of this show that hatred is the well from which all issues are nourished, I think that's obvious and apparent. Now, we have two stories locally that I know, because all stories are, will be bathed in partisanship, and allegations will be made on both sides that they're racist or they're hateful. Columbus is less safe today, in my opinion, because Deputy Police Chief Jennifer Knight has been placed on leave. 
Those of you who work in organizations where the environment is hostile, take a lesson from Deputy Police Chief Jennifer Knight. Jennifer Knight gave them a reason, and they were looking to get her, and they got her. Okay? Jennifer Knight was busy doing her job late last week. She was asked to take a drug test. She said, basically, I'm busy. Michigan State played Ohio State in the stadium on Saturday. It's Jennifer Knight's job to come up with assignments for officers for security and stuff like that. She's like, I don't have time to run down to wherever you want me to take a drug test. I'm doing my job. Okay, fine. So then they rescheduled. Hey, by the way, we need you to come down at this time. She's like, I'm busy. I'm working on a recruiting program for Columbus Police, for Cedarville College. Got to get it done. Got stuff on my desk. You got stuff on your desk. You got things to do. When they come for you to do some hoop jumping exercise that you think is stupid and probably is stupid and unnecessary, don't get caught giving them a reason to get rid of you. Because Jennifer Knight didn't show up for her drug test. And that's against the rules. And so the letter of the law, they marched in there the first minute they could. And they took her gun and her badge away. And they put her on leave. And the city is less safe. Why do I say that? I don't know Jennifer Knight from any woman who walks down a hallway. Wouldn't know her at all. Here's what I know about her. She's been the architect of the city's Safe Streets program. For officers and been a very visible face of the division, walking with protesters in downtown Columbus in 2020, leading media briefings on crime in the university district, started the police and community together team that works to address human trafficking, including linking potential victims with great services like Teen Challenge and others. That Teen Challenge thing came from me. That's a program I know about that does that. Grace Haven does that. A couple great programs. So I think it's indisputable that Columbus is less safe and our division of police is less responsive to the needs of people who are disadvantaged, which that's what Andy Ginther's all about, right? That's what Zach Klein's all about and Shannon Harden and Rich Nathan and all the other wokesters who are on the police reform oversight board. But Jennifer Knight is somebody they don't like in the Columbus division of police. And why don't they like her? Well, because they think... They think, they don't know because the lawsuit hadn't been filed yet, but they think she's among a host of officers who did not like the fact that Columbus Police Lieutenant Melissa McFadden wrote a book last year called Walking the Thin Black Line, Confronting Racism in the Columbus Division of Police. Now, so Melissa McFadden makes all these allegations about Columbus Police being a racist organization. And that's a popular view. There are people, nut jobs like Tim Aarons, the first congregational church pastor downtown who never preaches the gospel, but does, you know, well, he doesn't preach the gospel over preaching social change. And all the other nut job pastors in the fake Columbus Faith Coalition, they love the Melissa McFadden allegations. I don't know if they're true or not, but I do know this. I know there is a rule that says you can't disparage fellow officers in a public way. I would think if you write a book about those kinds of things in the division and you don't try to fix those things in the division through the approved, collectively bargained internal methods, 
you're at least in violation of that rule. But they didn't come for Melissa McFadden's badge, did they? No, because Melissa McFadden could get people to protest and march on the streets of the city of Columbus in her stead, which if it's peaceful, fine, good, that's constitutional. Do it all day long. But nobody's going to do that for Jennifer Knight. Nobody. So they think she's going to file a lawsuit, and so they're going to fire her. And why would they fire her? Why would they put her on leave? Because anybody else who's thinking about filing that same lawsuit, now they know. They're looking for a reason. They're looking for a reason to get me. That's what this is about. Make no mistake, that's what this is about. And they can do it. And they've done it. And we'll see if it holds up. But from the track record of Jennifer Knight, pretty clear to me, she's one of the good cops. And there are many of them. Now, this next story that I'm going to share with you, it could be legit, or it could be agenda-driven. I don't know. I'm going to present the facts. Where it comes from, Worthington School Board tells me that maybe it's not as purely motivated as they say. But the Worthington School District, like every school district, is supposed to bus its students to school who live too far away. Not just to Worthington schools, but to other schools in the area, like Columbus Academy, like Columbus School for Girls, like Hartley, like other parochial schools and private schools and and Christian schools. And now, now, all of a sudden, middle of the school year, what do you know? Worthington can't do that anymore. The reasons why? Well, they're open for debate. We'll share them with you next on a Monday edition of The Bruce Hooley Show. We will have Josh pick Money Monday, 1230 today. We'll talk about Jerome Powell's reappointment nomination as Fed chairman. Right now, if you have a home in the Worthington District, you have kids in the Worthington District, and you've been sending your children to hmm, Watterson or Wellington or CSG, St. Charles, private schools like that. Your mode of transportation to get your kids to school appears to be uh, gone. The Worthington School Board says that it is, quote, impractical, impractical to bus 43 students to private schools. Impractical because... They can't find bus drivers. Impractical because it costs them money. Impractical, who knows, for what reason. It's impossible to know the motivation of men's hearts, is it not? Maybe they just don't like the fact that those kids who live in their district are going to schools and not going to Worthington schools. That could be. I don't know. You don't know either. But there is a dispute over whether this is legal. The law of the state of Ohio, which admittedly has not been updated in many, many years since most kids just walked to school or had to find their own way, says that a school district cannot discriminate. Here are the students who come here. Here are the students who live in our community. They don't come here, but we cannot discriminate against them because, you know, that's kind of self-evident, right? Like that seems to be a little oppressive to do that to children. After all, Theoretically, don't we want all the kids to get as good an education as they possibly can? Worthington has every right to think that they offer 
the best education, better than Wellington, better than Worthington Christian, better than CSG. But they don't get to take out that belief by saying, well, we'll bring your kid to our school, but we will not take your kid to that school. I take my kids to a private school. And every day I see buses roll up from other school districts. Now, where we live, there aren't enough kids in our district that go to the school that my kids go to. So that's incumbent upon us. And if you're like that, by the way, the state of Ohio will kick you a small stipend every year for taking your kids to school. It doesn't begin to cover the cost, but it's there. So you should know about it. And if it's entitled to you, you should get it. So the problem Worthington had in doing this is that they wrote out why they were doing it, saying that they were prioritizing their own school bus routes. And that appears to be against the law. So we'll see if they have to undo this, if they have to find a way. But this is a common problem all throughout Ohio finding bus drivers, supply and demand. You can probably make more money delivering for, I don't know, Uber or Uber Eats or one of the food delivery services. The thing about being a bus driver, a lot of it's been driven over the years by the fact that maybe you have a job in the middle of the day, you can make a little money in the morning, you can make a little money in the afternoon, you work your regular job during the day. Well, now there are so many other services out there Lyft, Uber, Uber Eats, DoorDash, all the others, you can pick your hours. You can be a taxi driver, you know, kind of your own little deal with one of the rideshare services, or you can deliver food or deliver groceries from Kroger or groceries from Walmart. And if those places pay more than being a bus driver, hey, I'm a capitalist. Take your services and go where you can get paid the most. So there may be a time where we have to adjust for these kinds of things. And we'll see how this shakes out because there are people in Worthington. I don't blame them. There are people in Worthington who are hot about this because, you know, you figure you're a mom and dad, right? You figure out your schedule. My wife and I every day go over the schedule. Who's taking the kids? Who's got the kids? Who's picking up at play practice? Who's picking up at basketball practice? You do that too. Imagine if in the middle of it, ah, you know, we can count on our district. They're getting our kids to private school. They're bringing our kids back to a certain location. We'll pick them up there. And then all of a sudden, it's thrown into upheaval. I understand why people are upset about this. I also understand why officials from our city are upset about the fact that they're going to have less money to spend. And the reason they're going to have less money to spend is because... More people are working from home these days. Now, how does that affect the city coffers? Well, you know, if you work in a big city, you pay what? City income tax, right? City of Columbus is 2.5%. Ah, but when COVID hit, you weren't allowed to go to the office. You weren't allowed to go to Motorist Mutual. You weren't allowed to go to Nationwide. You weren't allowed to go to Ashland Chemical. You weren't allowed to go to your office. But did they stop taxing you in Dublin, in Columbus, in those cities, did they stop taxing you, even though you were working out of your house? No, they did not. Now, if you're a student of history, this phrase might mean a little something to you. Taxation without representation. We fought a war over that, a big one, that earned us our freedom. So it is frowned upon in this country to tax people who do not work, live, 
or provide services in the jurisdiction that is taxing them. I get it, City of Columbus. You say, hey, Dave works for Nationwide, but Dave lives out in the country. The fact that Dave works for Nationwide, and Nationwide is a company with big offices in the Arena District, should entitle us to tax Dave. But the law says Dave has to actually do what he does for Nationwide in the city of Columbus because you can tax him only if he does what he does in your taxing jurisdiction. So there are a lot of Daves out there who now are working from home. And they don't have to pay income tax to the city of Columbus. And that is going to cause what they project to be a 6% drop in city income tax receipts, which 6% doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a lot. It's the biggest drop in one year in 60, no, excuse me, 73 years, going back to 1948. So I find this humorous because a lot of the times it's a not a big deal. Let's say you live in Dublin. I don't know. I'm guessing off the top of my head. Dublin or Gahanna or New Albany or someplace like that. My assumption is those municipalities also have city income tax. So if, like I know when I lived in Arlington, we had a city income tax. And whether I worked in the city of Columbus, which that was where my office was, they have what they call a reciprocal arrangement, okay? So city of Columbus would either get the money or they'd send it to Arlington or Arlington would get the money, they'd send it to city of Columbus. I was going to get taxed 2% no matter where I was. That money comes out of my check, you guys fight it out. And that's typically how it is if you live in another district that has the same tax as the city where your employer is. But there are an increasing number of people who live in the country, townships, away from incorporated areas. And so they don't have income taxes on their cities or in their townships. And the good news for all of you is you can file for a refund because I guarantee you they're going to keep taking that money out of your check. And that's your money. It is not Andrew Ginther's money. Nor should you let Andrew Ginther get his grubby little woke leftist hands on it. So if you live outside the city of Columbus and you work for a Columbus company, they are taking that money out of your check. And you will have to file a paper to get that money back. But they cannot fight you on it. It is your money. And you should make sure to get it. Don't let an accountant tell you, oh, it's super complicated and you have to go get your supervisor to sign a piece of paper. They have to sign the piece of paper. It's the law. You're in the right. They want to make it seem like you're not in the right or you're asking for something that is over the line, unacceptable. Not the case. You get every penny you got coming to you. Consider it a two or two and a half percent raise if you work in the city of Columbus. And that raise comes to you courtesy of me for letting you know that this is your money. Think of it as taking money out of the pocket of Andrew Ginther so that he can't do more to demoralize our police, which results in increased crime. 
which results in a record murder rate, which results in who knows what other havoc. So that is why you should file for your income tax return refund, city income tax return refund. If you live in a township, if you live in a place where they do not have the same tax rate as the city of Columbus, make sure you do it. Now there is good news if you like a lack of change in our markets. If you like continuity, Jerome Powell got a call up from Joe Biden that, hey, you can continue as Fed chairman. We'll have the details with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth next. 